welcome to Big Business Briefs with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. And this week, an article caught my eye because it was talking about reinventing the high street. And it was in one of my favourite publications, Positive News. And we've talked so much about the high street, haven't we, Heather? And uh, I think that the reason um, I picked up on this one was that it was talking about a community-run shopping centre I thought, ooh, it sort of pulled on the thread there of something we've already discussed in the past and wondering about the future of um, the high street. Yeah, it, it, we have talked about it a lot. And, I, you know, you must have been living under a stone if you haven't noticed the significant changes to the high street in your local town or city. I mean, it's 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 been massive even before COVID. Um, and so, yeah, when you pointed out this article, it was like, oh, hang on a minute. This is utilising a shopping arcade and reinventing the way that it that it all hangs together um, as part of a community shopping centre. And and instantly I could think of you know several properties in my t- in my local town that could use this model. Yeah, um, it's not. I mean, it's not it's not simple and straightforward because obviously you get into the who owns the property, etc. But um, yeah, it it's the it's set to be the first. So I think there's a bit of watch this space. Yeah, um, really, it's really exciting, isn't it? Like you say, I I, I was thinking the same thing. This it, it's in Dewsbury, just so you know, um, and it's an old Victorian arcade, redundant Victorian arcade. Um, and and the the council bought it for just under a million pounds, I believe, uh, a couple of years ago, and they've got a um, something called the Dewsbury Blueprint, and they've got a ten year town centre regeneration project, and it's forming part of that. But like you say, it, it's quite complicated then because there's quite a lot of collaboration involved, uh, in, including who owns the properties and who's going to have businesses in there. And um, they're also taking into account um, the, the local population. So, so they're looking at making sure that the businesses they have in there are, are actually socially responsible as well. So it's, it sounds like quite a project, but very exciting. Yeah, it's it's the, the, the person at the sort of the helm is a guy called Chris Hill, who is a community business expert. And, you know, the whole project is set to be a seven million pound project. So this isn't about, you know, half a dozen people getting together and setting up a cup, you know, a little market stall or, a, you know, taking over a, an empty unit and, you know, selling crafts and things. This is it's a proper it's a proper thing. And you're saying, you know, it needs to be um you know, sustainable and, you know, appropriate for the environment, including the diverse population of that area. So they want they, he wants it to be a real representation of the local community. Yeah, what I like is, is the quote where he says that they're not going to simply take the first person who turns up willing to pay the rent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they don't just want people who could sell stuff because they could do that online. And it's yeah. about having an experience, which is what we talked about, even with like the the IKEA online shops we talked about. Gosh, it's, it's going to be a couple of years ago now that uh, where, where it's about the experience of trying the furniture, sitting in the furniture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're wanting, you know, the high street itself is much more about the experience. You know, there's 
um, you know, we've got a bookshop in Oswestry, you know, and it has it has children's storytelling and speakers and a cafe. A, t- <laughs> a cafe. Yeah. So it's not just like walk in and buy a book. It's much more immersive. And that's true of lots of places. And so he wants people who, yeah, they can sell stuff. But also there are some activities, some workshops, some crafting Making bath bombs, I noticed, by somebody who I, I assume is no relation, a lady called Emma Noble. Emma Noble, no, yeah, we're not, um, I don't believe we're we're related, <laughs> but you never know. So she, she's got a business that sells bath bombs, but she's also looking to have a, a, a workshop where people can make their own bath bombs. And and that's sort of the idea, um, is what Chris is talking about here, is it, it's about doing things with demonstrations and workshops. So they're also talking about artist studios as well and um, a mix of specialist shops and independent shops and and then having some food and drink outlets as well. Sounds like yeah, so, I'd like to visit, to be honest. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. It's just this sort of mix. And when you're looking at a £7 million project, it's going to take more, with the best will in the world, it's going to take more than selling bath bombs to to you know to to fund and to make it viable so of course they're going to need some larger premises with food and drink now the whole article starts with you know when mcdonald's leaves town you know you've got a problem um and that happened in shrewsbury the town center mcdonald's closed um and so you know they've gone out of town for drive through so that's that's a seismic shift so there's going. I don't know if the food and drink outlets are going to be chains or if they're going to be larger independents, but it's this whole, it, it, it's going to be sort of an eclectic mix where there's going to be independence and it's, as I say, representative of the local community. Yeah, I mean, one of my places um, in Shrewsbury that I, I really love is the, is the market because they've yeah. got a lot of independent um, food and drink um outlets there haven't they and there's yeah. something really lovely about that you know that a chain has got its place hasn't it you know you know what you're gonna get it's normally reliable that said Heather, the last few times we've been to chain places they really have not been very good service no. have they no um, but no. yeah there's something very lovely about, about um independent whether, whether it's shops or um or food and drink outlets because it's something that you don't get on every high street that's the beauty of it isn't it it's a destination it's not just a place where you shop because you can do that online it's somewhere that you go to because that's the only place you can get that experience yeah yeah and also and yes this may be a sweeping generalization but I think that the level of customer service as you say in smaller eateries is because the people who who are running it are emotionally invested in that organization because it's their business rather than and there's nothing wrong with students rocking up and working in McDonald's of course there isn't but are they are they as connected are they as engaged with the whole customer experience and you know making it we were we were in um London uh, over the over the jubilee and we just it was quite warm and we just stopped for a coffee and i walked in there were these really friendly guys running this place and we walked in and i noticed that they did smoothies and i said oh i'll have the the blueberry smoothie and he said oh no you don't want to have that one you want to have the mango <laughs> and the whole customer service experience was it was lovely they were just so so nice we went back and had our breakfast the next day and we walked in and we said what we want and he went no no what you want is that and it 
it because it was his business and he was emotionally connected with the quality of the coffee and the bread that he was baking on the premises oh, and all of those yeah. different things so um but but the the whole the whole community um arcade model there are people who can invest in the the concept without actually taking a unit so yeah looking i mean for they're looking fun. for three three hundred to four hundred people to invest in this aren't they yeah yeah and it will be run with a board you know it will be it's a company that has little little companies inside it but it's run as a community as a community i suppose a kick it's a community yeah. interest company so did you notice that um, Positive News said that this is the first article in a series about reinventing the high street? And did you yeah. go down that rabbit hole, Heather? Well, I, I didn't go down the rabbit hole. But you know what I did do? Yeah. I resubscribed to Positive News oh, magazine. Excellent. Oh, so, excellent. Um, That's good. Well, I, I went down. Um, there's four articles at the moment, if, if you follow that um that link and it takes you to the one that we saw um which is entitled this abandoned arcade is set to become the uk's first community shopping center um there's another one coming to a high street near you factories that repair your electronics the library of things coming to a town near you and then this other article which i thought was really interesting saving the high street 10 quick fire solutions for the uk and beyond so th this is um, only published this week, actually. Um, I'll just quickly take you through, because I'm not yeah. going to go into detail on this, because this wasn't the article we said to discuss. But I just thought I'd, I'd mention this, because um, I, I think it's something that a lot of people could take inspiration from. So number one, think beyond shops. It's not just about shops. Have shared workplaces, makers' places, Maker spaces, sorry, play spaces, um, residential projects, hotels, etc. Um, get flexible on solutions. Experimentation and fast failures lead to flourishing, apparently. Um, prioritize social purpose. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Um, consider residential. So convert vacant shops into homes. Um, uh, number five, nurture community ownership. Yeah. is what this arcade is doing uh green at our urban centers as in literally green with plants mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and, and there's a reference here to a street in stoke-on-trent which i know piccadilly in stoke-on-trent apparently a 10 million pound investment made the area more pedestrian friendly and it led to a 30 percent increase in footfall by lining the streets with trees, um, planting living walls and vertical gardens. Encourage independence, as we've just talked about. And it says that passionate, as you say, independent traders are breathing life into empty spaces in derelict buildings. Prioritise local knowledge, understands the needs of the uh, local high street better than um, a civil servant in Whitehall. Yeah. Um, revamp stifling financial models. So um, looking at ways to um, reconsider business rates um, and looking at ver various other um, ways to fund 
and yeah. and uh, maybe rents that are based on turnover or leases that are slightly shorter term and less less punishing and then finally make digital part of the cure it says here so um it says although people still prefer to buy things in a physical shop many of them still want to receive their products immediately so it says there's a clear opportunity closing the digital gap um, is one of those options so that that's all in on the positive news website and you could like heather also subscribe because it is rather an excellent publication yeah it is going back to the well two things one thing just picking up on what you were talking about in the those top those 10 things that you can do to rejuvenate the high street i heard on the news this morning that um john lewis are starting to convert um to put residential accommodation above some waitrose stores so they're actually dual purposing some of their buildings um which is you know a whole movement away from what we traditionally think of john the john lewis group as being yeah. being part of and then going back to what we were saying what you you were saying then and also what we mentioned previously about making sure that you're meeting the needs of the community that that the businesses are within going back to the Dewsbury project um the town's population is 40 percent asian and so as part of the sort of getting rid of segregation share issue, share issue in in this scheme will be sharia law compliant um it will be one of the first share share issues of this type in the country and it means that the, these type of funds would typically exclude investors in things like alcohol, pork, pornography and gambling. And the investment in this scheme isn't going to be big bucks. Investors can expect a modest return of around 2% if profits allow. However, think about um, what it would look like on your portfolio if yeah. you were you know, a, an investment company or, or, or even as a town council or a, a council if you're investing. So... It's exciting times, and I'm sure this won't be the first. Uh, and they're saying they're waiting for a lottery, a heritage lottery bid, which hopefully would mean that things could start happening um, in about 18 months' time. So I guess it's a watch this space one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and I really wish them luck. It sounds like it's going to be challenging, quite complicated, but ultimately a really worthwhile project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if they can make it work, then I think as a model, it will get rolled out a bit like, you know, the business improvement districts, although that's a government initiative, you know, here's a model. This is how it works. It could be replicated around the country. Mr. Hill will probably be spending all of his time um, talking and advising local locals yeah. <laughs> on how they can do it. Fingers crossed, though. Yeah, good one. Good one. So moving on to our review this week. I'm kind of wishing that we weren't reviewing this, but I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I have nothing against the author, Victoria Tyler, um, but we came across this book. Did I come across it? I can't remember. You did. I think you sent me a picture of it and then I just went and bought it straight away. And it's it's a book called The Happiness Workbook for Women, Practical Strategies to Get Unstuck, Stay Positive and Find Inner Peace including 15 challenges to trigger your happiness every day. So this is a workbook, as it says on the tin. 
and, and it's looking at all areas of life, including work um, and what happiness is and positivity, etc. Um, but I don't I don't know. I started looking at it and I don't know. What did you what did you think? I'm going to sit on the fence for a minute. What do you think, <laughs> Tracy? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was actually really good for, as a workbook. So, uh, you know, the, the spaces and the activities and some of the challenges. I think the problem for me is, and, and we've had this often, and it's not a reflection on the book, but I feel like I've done a lot of this work already, so I'm yeah. not perhaps the best person to review this book. Mm-hmm. What I did think as I was um, reading it is I want to give it to my teenage daughter okay and I yeah. wanted her to work through it now some of the stuff would be um you know she she isn't particularly um ensconced in a workplace at the moment and she's you know she's not at that finally lose some weight make more money or find a partner sort of stage but there's a lot of principles where if she started to look at these things now she'd save herself having to unravel it later in life yeah, and yeah. I think perhaps where on my journey, and maybe with yours as well, Heather, is that we've we've come up against blocks much earlier than now. Mm. And mm. we've actually worked through them, we've found other strategies, we've we've either been helped through it or or used similar sort of tools through it. Mm. So when I was reading it, it was a little bit like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so I didn't do any of the exercises. But actually, I think that she hits all the right points. And it's nicely laid out. And I do think that if somebody was feeling that they were struggling with with this, then I I do think it would be a very simple and straightforward workbook to just work your way through. Yeah. I I think perhaps I was unfair looking at it and going, yeah, there's there's not much here for me. But, you know, if I I gave this to my 16-year-old daughter, this section here on, um, how do you self-sabotage yourself? That's a great thing to learn, isn't it, early on, before before you've already done all the damage and you have to undo it all. Maybe it would be a great one for me to pass to her. So that, that was... That was my take on it. Also, I, I was really keen on the happiness at work bit because yeah. um, we, we talked in the last show that we um, recorded. It's a few weeks ago now. I'm sorry, everybody. But, um, but again, life, travel, work, it all got in the way, didn't it? Um, COVID. That's why we were, that's that's why we were recording Zoom via Zoom. Yes. Yeah, yes. sorry. I, I went on my travels and uh, all I came back with is a, a dose of COVID. Um, but what I think we're all suffering, all, all businesses all around the world are suffering from the great resignation. And part of that presumably is about people trying to find something in their work that they find fulfilling and there's a good section in here where where she talks about happiness at work um so happiness arises when you're recognized and acknowledged and talking about um for some people having a pleasant work atmosphere is a must in order to feel happy and and so it, it talks about those things and I thought for me it was just a good reminder of the things as an employer that you need to make sure you're addressing because it's not always about the money. We've said yeah. that so many times. Sometimes it's about looking at what makes different people happy 
and it and it could be just having a sense of purpose or a sense that they're working with nice people or that they're doing something that's interesting or stimulating yeah i think i agree with everything that you've just said and 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 i also think that you know you have kind of hit the nail on the head in that maybe we've we've traveled this you know we've we've trodden this path before i think that um in isolation there are some questions that you know you could you could just ask yourself uh, you know and reflect on if if you're feeling stuck but I, I think given the nature of this podcast this is this is much more this is more than business yes there's some work stuff in there where i'm reluctant where, where i feel i have a bit of a reservation is that reading this book won't make you happy no oh. It, it's it there are so many things and part of this part of this book is to help you to recognize what might make you happy yeah there's a lot of talk as well about choosing happiness and yeah i think that's about a mindset isn't it so if you're if you're going to have the mindset that um you're going to choose to avoid I'm just reading what I'm, I just see here, the first page I flipped to. At work, happiness is choosing to avoid unpleasant thoughts, gossip and hasty judgments. Happy people maintain their happiness by focusing on their deeds rather than allowing negative external influences to affect their feelings. Yeah, that's sort of apportioning blame a little bit, but there, there is a certain mindset to it. You know, if you set your mind that you are going to be negative, it's a lot easier to be negative. If you set your mindset to be positive, it's easier to be positive. I'm not saying it's going to be guaranteed. No, there's a lot. No, of there's a bit of involved. you know attraction and stuff. But but I think it it can be very difficult to choose to be happy or to choose to be positive when you are very very sad and in a you know in, in potentially in a depressed state. Yeah. So this is not a cure for depression. This is not about this doesn't make you happy it just perhaps suggests a few tweaks or ways that you might change the way you think about things that might result in you feeling a bit more content and a bit happier yeah I I think it's just potentially giving you another way to look at it but I I absolutely agree it's not a solution and there are so many other factors that can impact on your your um, state of well well being a yeah. lot of external factors that you might have no control over it, the cost yeah. of living crisis for a start yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult to be all happy and carefree when it costs you so much to fill your car up to go to work yeah 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 but yeah so I'm going to give it to my daughter that's my answer for this one I'm going yeah. to give it to my daughter with and and there's some simple things for her to think about and look at and and you know might pick up a few nuggets yeah there are some nice breathing exercises um in the back um and sort of mindfulness exercises and there are some positive affirmations that you could potentially you know stick on post-it notes around the house just to remind yourself of you know what what in your life makes you happy uh but um yeah i Maybe I was a bit harsh when I said I wish that we hadn't decided to review this, but but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But but having looked at it, what was what else was I expecting? To be fair, so <laughs> probably much. says more about me than it does about Victoria Tyler's book. Yeah, 
And and, and if you, if you want to critique it as a workbook, then it does does hang together well as a workbook. She'll mm. lead you through different exercises and different challenges and things to make you think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our review, well, our profile this week is of a company that has sort of come from nothing and it just seems to have got legs. I mean, it's just you know a long long time ago um there was some talk of people being able to do a zip wire across a a, a a disused quarry in north wales and you go oh okay all right yeah that sounds like a thing oh my goodness that was just the start of something massive um, well so a bit of uh, disclosure here M- my family were all um were, were all um lined up ready to go on a zip wire on last Friday, and uh, it seems that the only um, thunderstorm in the whole of the UK just happened to take place right directly above their heads, and so they had to cancel the uh, the zip wire activity. So they were all lined up to do this. Where was this? Was this in Brill or in...? Um... No, this was in Blyneifest in Yog. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I got sent pictures of them, them all. Oh, we're all ready. And then oh. the next thing I know, I said, oh, no, there's been a um, – they've heard thunder. And I looked on lightningmaps.org because I'm a geek and I like to see where the lightning is. And it was just on that little circle where they were, just in that tiny oh. little bit of Wales that they were at, and it was there for four hours. Oh. So they weren't, they weren't supposed to get on that zip wire. But my husband has been on what as a gift, <laughs> some gift day, for his 50th <laughs> birthday. Um, we sent him down the zip wire at Penryn Quarry. Um, so that that was the big velocity two, I think it's called. Um, I've got cracking before and after photographs. His face before, like, petrified. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that thing. <laughs> well, they put a webcam on you, don't they, so that they can see you screaming. Uh, yeah, and swearing. And swearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. So um, that I mean, and that and there was some recent news. So this this was announced um, um, just a few weeks ago um, about the new experience at the opening at Rill. So there's going to be something called the Sky Flyer. Um, apparently, first of its kind in the world, um, a balloon airship that will hover 400 foot in the air to give a panoramic view of North Wales coast and beyond, maybe as far as Liverpool on a clear day. Yeah. That's really not for me. Not, none of these activities are really for anybody who doesn't like heights. So I'm, I'm quite happy to hold the bags at the bottom. <laughs> Take the photos of you before and after. But this this is um, apparently it's going to start on the 6th of July. So it's going to be ready for the, the summer holidays. Yeah. And it's um, the all new Zip World Mill. So um, also in the news, um, just today on the day that we're recording this and also if I pull my finger out and, and get it produced, it'll be online today. They had a big recruitment day as well, so a, a recruitment open day. 
Okay, yeah. So um, I went to. So it's Zip World Limited that we're looking at, and there. But there are different strands, other Zip World companies. Mm. Do you want um, to know who the um, the parent company is? Yeah, please go on. <laughs> I, I took some delving. So the parent company is ZWPV. Okay. And that's the ultimate um, parent company. I found that in the uh, in the accounts. It's a bit confusing because uh, if you go on to um, Companies House, um, there are uh, Treetop Trek Limited, Zip World Forest. Um, there's where, where else have we got? Oh yeah, I've I've lost track. Zip World Lakes, Zip World Rack, Zip World Group Holdings. Zip World Adventure Hotel. But yeah, so the, the main operations, I believe, is Zip World Limited. So is that what you focused on? Yeah, well, like, yeah, I, I just, well, I went to Company's House and just, um, and just, well, I was interested to see what sort of turnover they had and how, you know, how much money there is. Having gone from just, just one thing across a quarry to all of these additional um, activities, I was just interested to know a little bit about, you know, how what their accounts were like. Um, so they have um, net assets of five point two million. Um, they in the year 2020, um, their EBITDA was 0.8 million. In 2019, it was three point four million on a turnover of six point two million. Um, sorry, in, in 2019, they turned over 12 million with an EBITDA of 3.4, but in 2020, it was 6.2 million rather than 12 million. And this is down to COVID. So, um, so a massive impact on the business. Um, but the bit that I was particularly interested in is that when I was up in Liverpool, I don't know, about 18 months ago or something like that. No, before COVID, um, they were going to put a zip wire in Liverpool they and were. I was like, oh, this would be amazing. On the, do you know, the sort of dock area, I thought, oh, this would be amazing. Anyway, in these accounts, it says exceptional charges of 0.4 million charged to the P&L were costs incurred in relation to a project in Liverpool, which was foregone due to public opposition and also some severance payments. So um, so that Liverpool thing ain't going on. No. But what they have got, um, it's also mentioned in the same accounts. And now if you look at the website, uh, you can actually book there as well. Is the hotel. Uh, it's at Capel Currig, the Tinacoid. Um, so they've got a hotel as well. Yeah. And then they had a, a new, um, the tower in South Wales as well. So yeah. what's happening? Loads happening. Yeah. Um, and, and like you say, the... Um, it's complicated, but if you delved a bit deeper into the end of these accounts, you'll see that subsidiaries of Zip World Limited are Zip World Forest, Zip World Rack, and Bounce Below, the last two being dormant. The immediate parent company is Zip World Group Holdings, and the ultimate parent company is the ZWPV Limited. Right. Okay. Enough. <laughs> okay. The. the um, I think one other thing. So uh, when you go to their website, one of the first things that jumped out at me was the fact that they have a, their gender pay gap report, a link to yeah. their gender pay gap report. Well, we went down the same route, yeah. On the website, yeah, which not a lot of people do. Um, um, did you notice that it goes to an old report, though? This was the 20, 
2021 report. Yeah, so, so they've got the more recent one on there as well. So they got the 21-22 report on there. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't see that. How does that stack up? Uh, slightly better than the previous year, but I went all the way back to their first one, I think, 2017, and it, 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 there's not really a significant pay gap. I mean, the the one before the one that links on the website, um, there is no gap. Uh, for every pound a woman earns, uh, the man earns a pound as well. Uh, slight okay. differences in um, in how many women are in the upper quarter, but given that the founder and um, controlling person is a man, that sort of yeah. makes sense. And yeah. it's fairly evenly split as to male and female in each of the other quarters. So it's it's been an improving picture. It's it's a, it's an improved picture from the 2021 yeah but i did wonder whether they'd gradually improved but yeah when i went back to the very first one it was still it was better than the 2021 report so 2017 was was it was fairly equal as well so it the 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 company was set up by a guy called sean taylor um he used to be a royal marine commando um and then was a bodyguard for various celebrities very exciting um and in 2007 he set up a little thing called treetop adventure um which i think um i think probably was uh what was what's like the go ape type activities and then yeah, sort of, high ropes type thing yeah but it's it's grown it's grown from then and they seem to be as you've mentioned you know they're they're constantly adding new things for thrill seekers now you said that you know, it's only of attraction to people who, you know, who have a head for heights. However, um, at one of the um, at Clethwed is Clethwed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and um, they've got underground golf. Yeah, it's underground golf course. So I don't think there's heights involved in that. Is there? Is there? And, ba- and and bouncing on trampolines underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a mine tour. Um, and one thing that caught my eye, and I don't have a head for heights, but I am a little bit of a thrill seeker if I think it's safe. I want to go on Sky Ride, which basically looks like a big swing that five people get on. That sounds um, awful. You swing around. <laughs> I'm not coming with you to that one. <laughs> Where is this? This is at Betsacoid. It's a five-seater swing, 80 feet high up in the air, and it's only £12. Some of these activities are quite expensive, but the safety element must be, you know, oh, significantly, yeah. <laughs> significantly <laughs> you expensive. You would hope, wouldn't you? You would really hope, yeah. I've, and I've not heard anything to the contrary. So I, I also had to look at LinkedIn as well. So they've got a profile on LinkedIn. And um, 119 people on LinkedIn say that they work there. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, so I had a look at some of them. So um, quite a few of them. Um, I've got quite a lot of mutual connections. So Sean Taylor is a second connection with 46 shared connections. He's the founder. Uh, the managing director of Zipworld, David Stacey. I've got seven shared connections there. And then the recruitment and training coordinator, chief financial officer, commercial director, and human resources operations manager. We've all got a couple of shared connections with those. Okay. 119 staff. No, well, they've, they've got 
Um, they've got more staff than that, but 119 actually on LinkedIn. Oh, on LinkedIn. In, in the company's house records, they've got their number of staff. It was just over 200 in the um, in Zip World Limited, I think. Uh, right. 221 in 2020, uh, presumably gone up a, a bit. Um, so it, it dipped down a little bit between 2019 and 2020. Um, and in the group company, I think it's 301 it was in 2020. Okay, okay. I mean, obviously some of their staff will be seasonal, won't they? You imagine so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, what, um, what time of year did, uh, did your hubby do his... Velocity. Um, that was in October, I believe. Right. So they must have quite a long season. Yeah, I think yeah. as long as they, you know it's not <laughs> there's no thunderstorms, I think you're good to go. <laughs> On that one day a year. That one day that there was a thunderstorm yeah. right overhead, yeah. Yeah. It was the so, gods telling them not to go. <laughs> not don't <laughs> do it, yeah. Thunder. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to ignore it, would you? <laughs> anyway, so there you go. So um quite an interesting uh, uh interesting company started by an individual and you know grown massively in I mean from strength to strength by the looks yeah, of it yeah from 2007 yeah so there we go that's all we've got time for this week do join us next week are we recording next week or are we having a holiday are we having covid or what are we doing <laughs> hey let's try and meet face to face shall we next week yeah let's give it a go it's much okay. better yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>